welcome to the Field Log Podcast, weekly reflections for the Warrior King to help you master yourself, fulfill your purpose, and conquer the day. I'm your host, Marcian Sicario. Field Log, Day 102, Turning a Rusty Gear. My senior year of college, I remember making a, we call it like a, like a scheduled template like a weekly calendar that I would take a screenshot of and I would make my wallpaper. So rather than planning things on the fly, which I do every morning now, and there's an approximate template, I had a relatively set in stone schedule where, you know, the days of the week are different because you have different classes and maybe different activities. It's like Monday through Friday, wake up at this time and then gym at this time and then this class and then do homework and then this other class. And The entire day was blocked off. Everything was color-coded. But then over time, that habit sort of started to slip away. I didn't adhere to it as much. I eventually changed my wallpaper on my phone. And I started falling into a habit of doing things a little more haphazardly, or really very haphazardly. And it's only been recently that I've started to go back to an approximate daily template that I follow with some more flexibility. And I, I do prefer the current model. But the reason I'm telling this story is because this was a habit that I had when I was 21, 22. And now that I'm 28, trying to get the habit back has been a slow process. Now, today's field log is called Turning a Rusty Gear. And this is another one of those metaphors that I want to introduce to you, that I want you to use if it's useful to you. And if it's not, then you can skip this episode or you can you know, listen to it and then forget it. It's really meant to be a tool for you. This is one of those take it or leave it kind of things. But this metaphor of the rusty gear is the idea that you might have a skill, right? And this could be something like having a very tight, strict, blocked off schedule that's very useful and very efficient. It could be something like weight training Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. It could be something like taking a cold shower in the morning. It could be something like your morning or evening prayers, right? Any of these habits that we talk about, any that we might not have talked about, any sort of behaviors, maybe you're the kind of person who anytime you see something in your house or your apartment that needs to be cleaned up, you just take care of it real quick, but then you kind of fall out of the habit at some point. Or maybe it's like loading and unwashing, uh, unloading the dishwasher. It can be anything really. When you have a habit and you're executing it, and every time you execute it, you further entrench the habit, you make it stronger and stronger. That's like a a well-greased gear, right? That gear is turning at full speed. It's going very smoothly. And then for some reason or another, the gear stops spinning, right? You stop doing the habit, maybe you fall out of it, you skip it once or twice. It sneaks up on you and next thing you know, you're not doing it anymore, right? It could be anything. Maybe you're getting your car cleaned every week. You know, I, I can think of a million examples of this. But for some reason or another, you've stopped doing that habit. And let's stick to something specific. Let's say the weekly cleaning, right? I don't know how it is that you clean your house or your apartment. I have a weekly cleaning day. I do small cleaning tasks every day. And then I do a proper clean of the entire apartment once a week, right? And that includes dusting, mopping, vacuuming, scrubbing the tub, sinks, those kinds of things, right? Like the full-on cleaning. Uh, lint rolling the couch because Dahlia sheds everywhere. And let's say you have that sort of habit, right? For sake of example, 
You clean your apartment every week. Well, this weekend you're not going to be home Saturday, right? You're traveling, you're visiting family or friend or traveling for business, so it doesn't get done that Saturday. You usually try to get it done on that Friday before or the Monday after when that happens. But this one week, you decide to skip the habit. It's no big deal, right? It's just one week. Well, it turns out the next week you're traveling again, right? Unexpected, but something came up, and you're traveling one more time. So now it's been two weeks, and then when you come back the third week, you do the cleaning, but you cut a couple of corners. And maybe it's a busy season in your life. It could be the holiday season. So we got Thanksgiving and then Christmas. If you're anything like me, I have three family birthdays between the months of November and December. So we got Thanksgiving, three birthdays, Christmas, Nativity, New Year's. Right? It's a feast, uh, it's a fasting period too. There's lots more church services. So let's say it's a period like that, and then you fall out of the habit. Well, that gear hasn't been turning, and it's been sitting there stagnant. You've not been maintaining it. You've not been greasing it, and it becomes rusty. Now, the same metaphor will also apply to habits you've never executed, right? You can still think of them as the rusty gear, but we'll we'll stick with this example for now. So now it's been, let's say, a month and a half and two months, and you've cleaned your apartment, like the deep cleaning, once or twice, and you realize, man, I really need to get back on this, right? I can't be living in a dirty apartment. Uh, quick aside, it is absolutely unacceptable to be a man living in a dirty space. Not acceptable. Take care of your environment. This is part of stewardship, right? Stewardship doesn't mean money or only money. We talk about money a lot. I understand that and wealth building and those sorts of things. But it also means upkeep and maintenance, right? In fact, one of the guys who listens to the field log once said to me that he was thinking about the concept of stewardship and how it applies to maintaining your relationships too. And of course, that's not one of the ways that I intended the term to be used, but perfectly applicable, right? Beyond the relationship commitment, you can also say that visiting your family once a week or calling, right? I call my mom every two weeks. This is a form of stewardship as well. Or if you have a pet, taking care of it, all of these things are stewardship. So you realize that your apartment's getting dirty, you've fallen out of the habit of keeping it clean, and now you need to reintroduce that habit. Well, that process, my friend, is going to be like turning a rusty gear. And that's the metaphor, right? That's what we're talking about today. When you want to reacquire a habit you used to have, or you want to acquire a new habit, one thing you have to realize, and this is the main thing, that you have to realize is it's difficult at first. Right? We've talked about neuroplasticity before. I'll quickly re-explain it. Your brain is a collection of neurons, right? We're talking millions, maybe even billions of neurons. And a memory or a behavior, they're really all the same thing in your brain. It's a sequence of neurons. You can think of them as little nodes firing in a particular sequence. There is an electrical signal that passes from neuron A to neuron C to neuron F to neuron double J, whatever. Every time that sequence fires, there's a fatty substance called myelin that gets wrapped around that particular pathway, which makes the electrical signal more efficient, right? It's insulation. It's very similar to when you let water run down a particular path over the you know, decades and centuries. It's going to carve a path, and then it's going to get deeper and deeper, and that's the way the water wants to run now, is the more often that pathway gets used, the deeper it becomes. In your brain, the more often the pathway gets used, the more efficient it becomes. So the electricity wants to travel down that way. 
Well, when the wheel gets rusty, it's not necessarily that the neural pathway disappears. It's that other neural pathways become equally or more efficient because they're the ones that you're using. We always say this, right? James Clear says, every choice you make is a vote for the kind of person you want to be. In fact, we have an episode on that. I think it's called Every Choice You Make. So go listen to that if you haven't already. It's a little further back. It's a very good one. So you're now in this kind of position where the startup cost, the startup effort is far greater than it would be if the gear were turning smoothly and you have to accept that. The reality is there's lots of habits that are beyond just habit, right? There's physiological reinforcement, let's say eating clean, right? You want to quit drinking soda. That stuff's addictive. It is absolutely addictive. If you're drinking regular, it's addictive. If you're drinking diet, aspartame is ultra addictive, right? I used to drink diet soda all the time until I saw a post from this guy I follow on Instagram. His handle used to be carnivore MD, but I think he's changed it. He sort of promotes the animal-based diet is what he calls it. You know, meats, organ meats, raw dairy, honey, those kinds of things. And he was, I forgot exactly what it was, but he was making a point about diet soda and the impact it has on your gut. And it was so horrifying that I realized I have to stop drinking this stuff, right? Even if I really want to drink soda someday, you know, I'm at a fast food restaurant, I get the regular now. I'd rather get a high dose of sugar than get aspartame, which by the way, I already knew is a known carcinogen, right? Cancer causing. So if you have habits like that, let's say, you know, you're trying to clean up your diet. Getting into the habit of eating clean is going to be like turning a rusty gear. It's going to take a lot of effort, not only because of the habit. You know, you're used to driving home from work and picking up McDonald's or Taco Bell or, please not Taco Bell, or Chick-fil-A or something, right? Whatever your uh, poison of choice is, that's a habit you have to undo and it's an addiction you have to overcome. Right? It can also be something more insidious. It could be a genuine drug. And we have some episodes on this too. Right, We have one on quit the drugs. We have one called on alcohol. Listen to those if you're struggling with these topics. Right? I give some insights, some opinions. Right, I'm not a doctor. Disclaimer in the show notes. But I give some insights, some opinions based on the things that I've learned and having quit substances myself in the past. Right, I used to be a regular smoker. I am no longer a regular smoker. And of course, before I was Orthodox, God forgive me, there were other substances involved that I will not go into details on, right? We've all made mistakes. We ask for repentance. Or we repent, we ask for forgiveness. But the point is that there are a lot of habits. Some of them are just habitual. Some of them are addictive, right? Like food, like drugs, like pornography maybe, right? This is something that a lot of young guys struggle with nowadays. And of course, in my opinion, that's completely by design. I heard it said once that pornography is the iconography of the devil, right? In the Orthodox Church, we have icons. We have images depicting saints who are reflecting Christ's light to us. They are our family members in the kingdom of heaven. They have since passed away, since reposed. But their prayers are very efficacious because they were exceptionally holy. So we ask them to intercede on our behalf, right? That's why you sometimes hear that, oh, if you're struggling with such and such a problem, pray to Saint ABC. Right. If you're struggling with, uh, here's an example for us, right? My church has been looking for a plot of land, place to build. If you're struggling with finding a building, pray to St. Zenia. And uh, for all of those of you who are not Catholic or Orthodox, if you're Protestant, to pray means to ask of, right? 
If I ask you to hand me my keys, in archaic English, you could say, I am praying that you give me my keys, praying to you to give me my keys. We don't worship saints, we venerate them. That being said, pornography is like iconography, right? So rather than depicting holy images, it is debasing and degrading human nature. It is taking something that is sacred and intimate like sex and turning it into something profane, right? That's why it's the iconography of the devil. I'm sure you don't need me to tell you this, but a lot of men do struggle with this, right? Even, you know, after baptism, I have some guys I know who periodically will say something along the lines of, please pray for me, I've relapsed into pornography use. So there are very many insidious habits where if you're trying to build that momentum, if you're trying to drag yourself out of it, right, drugs, porn, unclean foods, laziness, sloth, whatever it is, anger, hatred, jealousy, it's the most difficult in the very beginning, right? One of the things that I say a lot that I'm sure you've heard me say a lot is that going to the gym never gets easier. Taking cold showers never gets easier. Well, strictly speaking, that's not true. It's a talking point. It does become easier to execute the task. It's still uncomfortable and still difficult. That's what I mean when I say it doesn't get easier. But I am far less likely to skip my cold shower now than I was two years ago, more than two years ago when I started. And there's been periods of time where the habit will slip slightly and then the rusty gear kicks in and I have to sort of Get it going again, grease it up, try hard for a week or two until the habit is back. But even though the things that you might take on, right, let's say cleaning your apartment, you might start once a week with just vacuuming, right? And this is not a great example because you really, really shouldn't let your apartment get dirty. But let's say you start that way and then over the weeks you add on more and more, right? We just talked about this yesterday in the method for success, right? Building consistency and then iterating. It's going to be the most difficult at first to get that gear going, which is why you really want the gear to be as small as possible in the beginning. And I'm really stretching the bounds of the metaphor here. I know that. But if you want to get a rusty gear going, you want to do some prep work, right? Apply the grease. And in the context of the metaphor, that means set yourself up for success. Get the environment in a place it should be. Right? I say this all the time, when you feel motivation, don't use the motivation, think of it as like a finite resource, don't use it to complete the task. Use it to set up the environment and the habits and the, the routines and everything to make future completion of that, of that habit easier. So when you're motivated to get the gear going, when you're motivated to pick up an old habit that's fallen away, or you're motivated to start a new habit, First, you're going to keep in mind that it's going to be difficult. And two, you want to set yourself up for success. Make it the smallest increment it can be. But accept the fact that it's going to be tough at first. So if you've been hearing me say things like, you have to take cold showers, you have to journal, you have to do the Warrior King training protocol, I know that in a lot of ways I can sound very tough, right? This is the same way that I, I speak to myself. Sometimes people will say I'm too tough on myself. That's all relative. Right? We are called to a particular purpose as men living the warrior king life. We are called to work harder. Right? That's the reality. You chose this. Or, well, in some ways, I think it's probably more accurate to say that God chose it for you. But the point is, you're called to this. And if you accept that call, if you decide to answer that call, 
things will be more difficult for you. That being said, there's a lot more work that we do that other people don't. It's a different kind of work. But you want to make it as easy as possible on yourself. So if you feel like you haven't been able to do all those things and like the standard's too high, like how am I supposed to start journaling and start taking cold showers and do the training protocol and and pray twice a day and go to all the church services and dress better and read all these books that Marcion is putting in the show notes, right? How am I supposed to do all that? Well, first of all, it's going to be harder in the beginning, right? If these are habits that you're not used to, if you're not used to trying to develop yourself as a man in these sort of practical ways, if you're not used to any of that, it's really hard. I get it. Even when you've been doing it for a while, right? I started getting obsessed with improving myself and being the best man I can be when I was 15. But I've been doing this for 13 years. And I slip up constantly. You guys see me slip up, right? My, my slip-ups are publicly broadcast. Every time a field log comes out late, every time a day doesn't have a field log, like that's, oh yeah, he was probably staying up too late. Maybe he woke up too late. Maybe he dragged his feet that day. You know I messed up. It's been 13 years and I'm still doing this. But it's never going to be as difficult to get an adherence as it is in the very beginning. But as long as you know that, that's an asset. Because then you can not get so emotional about it, right? The only reason why I'm hard on myself and very, I suppose in some ways dogmatic when I give advice to you guys, is because the emotions aren't wrapped up in it, right? This is sort of the middle ground we have to take. If you fail something, right? And, and people who talk to me in person know this. I will speak about myself in a matter-of-fact way. I'm not getting upset about it. I'll say, I messed up. I dropped the ball. This happened. That happened. I came up short, right? I didn't hit, hit the standard. Then people will say, oh, you're too hard on yourself. No, 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 you're not too hard on yourself. I'm not too hard on myself. Being too hard on yourself is expecting things you cannot do and then getting upset when you don't do them. I expect from myself and you men having chosen this life, things that you can do and not to get upset with yourself if you fail, right? When I don't hit a field log, right? If I don't record it, if I don't publish it, I don't get mad. I'm a little disappointed in myself. I'm like, I know better. But you just pick up and try again. It's as simple as that. If you start to get defeated, if you start to feel despair, the devil wins anyway. So that doesn't help anybody. So the takeaway here today is to understand that there are a lot of things that you're going to need to do over the next 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, pretty much until the day you die, if you want to be this sort of man. If you don't want to be this sort of man, do me a favor, turn this off. It's just a waste of your time. I don't want to steal time from you. I have people ask me all the time, right? Sometimes it comes up that the field log exists, that the Warrior King brand exists. And people be like, oh, where's there a link that I can listen to this? And I, I say, don't. Don't listen to it. It's, it's, it's a waste of your time, right? It's targeted at a particular man. I don't think it's for you, right? Like, these are people I know. Don't do it. Well, if they want to do it anyway, I'll send them a link. And then, yes, I get, you know, one, maybe two extra streams that day. I'll usually see it. It's an old episode. It's been dug up and then it goes away. And, well, I told you, you could have saved 40 minutes. But if you do want to be this sort of man... There's a lot of work to be done. You're going to need to start journaling. You're going to need to start taking cold showers and sleeping on the floor. You're going to need to start taking your diet more seriously than everyone else. 
And that's not to say that you can't sometimes eat what you want. I do this all the time. But, you know, it's the 80-20 rule. You're going to need to start training. You're going to need to start dressing in a way that respects your appearance. You're going to need to start thinking about the way you speak, thinking about the words you use, trying to build rapport with people. Right? You're going to take more burdens on yourself. But the process of getting that gear going, that's very rusty right now, right? I imagine right, the guys listening to this are anywhere between, I've said this before, probably the ages of 18, 39. But there's a lot of habits. I mean, we're talking decades of habits that need to be undone here. It's hard at first. And I mean, it always stays difficult, but the consistency becomes easy. So remember that. Don't beat yourself up over it. Expect the challenge. Revel in the challenge, right? Men are made for the struggle. Your amygdala, the stress center in your brain, in humans, has androgen receptors. The more testosterone is flowing through your blood, the more the challenge will be invigorating to you. So you should be enjoying it, right? You're made to enjoy it. But it will be hard. So start small. Look at the things where the gear has become rusty, right? Look at the things you used to do that you don't do anymore. Get that gear going today, right? Carve out five or ten minutes. This is one of those days you pull out your phone right now, you press the pause button, pull out your notes app, pull out your calendar, whatever it is that you use, your task app, to plan your day. If it's you know pencil and paper, pull out that. Carve out five to ten minutes. Look at the habits you used to have that you don't have anymore. I used to budget. I don't do that anymore. Get that gear going. I used to drink a glass of water every morning when I woke up to hydrate. Don't do that anymore. Get that gear going. Whatever things have fallen off, whatever's become rusty through misuse, or rather disuse, or any sort of habit that you never really had, but you've passively been doing the wrong thing, again, could be something like diet, been eating like garbage my entire life, it's probably not your fault, it's the way your parents raised you, that's okay. Get that gear going. Carve out five or ten minutes. Identify those things. Make a whole list. Tuck that list somewhere. Pick something. Pick the lowest hanging fruit. I don't care. Pick the easiest one. Start with that one. And get the process going. Right? Grease it up. Start turning it. And over time, these things are going to add up in five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. You're going to look back and say, Thank God that I was able to start doing this stuff. But it only is possible, this can only happen, if you begin the process of turning a rusty gear. That's it for this week's Field Log. If you like what you heard today, you can follow this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on right now. You can also rate the show, that always helps out a lot. You can find me on Instagram, Threads, and TikTok at marcian.cx for field log snippets, art, philosophy, and training-related content. You can also visit the website at marcian.cx for much more of the same. I'm still working on consolidating the Warrior King content into the marcian.cx project. So check back at the website soon for the new and improved Warrior King training protocol, which is going to include supersets and my updated supplement recommendations. There's also a 2024 goal-setting guide on the way, and of course, the Warrior King newsletter. If any of that sounds appealing to you, the links to everything are in the show notes below. It's all free, and as always, conquer the day. <laughs>